Watch up, Doc. Grab yourself a cold one, sit back, relax. Sports Mocker is on the air. And it's the only sports show that mocks. And they came here, earned it, took it. Played really well, so I gave him a lot of credit. Really good football team, just like they were at the start of the year. Defensive performance was really, really good. And it came down to a few things, in my opinion, came down to they made the plays when they presented themselves. We did not make the plays when they presented themselves. And usually all year, we made those plays. And um, when you don't make those plays, a game like this happens. There's a lot to learn from, from a lot to take from. But I'm really proud of our football team. All right, Sports Mocker is on the air. I'm Jeff Swanson. Joining me as always, Luke Friedrich. And hearing P.J. Fleck talk about the uh, the Gopher game that was this past Saturday as they lose to Wisconsin, um, a hell of a year for the uh, the Maroon and Gold. But a little bit difficult to swallow that loss. I'm, I'm not sure that we, we saw that coming. Certainly Wisconsin is a good team. And as P.J. Fleck uh, reiterated in his press conference, uh, obviously – uh, you know they they had a great game plan in place and uh, and they really took it to us in the second half. Um, Luke, we're going to reflect on that and much more here this uh, this show. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about. Unfortunately, not a lot of it is good. Um, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a tough weekend as as a Minnesota sports fan. Um, but yeah, big picture, a lot of good things to talk about. Just uh, a little tough to swallow here this week. So we're not going to break down the entire game, uh, as I'm sure folks have had the chance to see it, watch it, review it, hear about it, cry over it, uh, all those things. But I do want to start with with one of the really cool things that, that happened on Saturday, and that was ESPN's game day coming to the Twin Cities. And as, of course, we've now learned, that show received the biggest audience of any game day shows this year, and it sure looked like a, a great turnout um, at Northrop uh, Mall for the uh, for the game day broadcast. Yeah, that was a that was just an incredible environment. Um, I, I, I sat and watched every second of that show Saturday morning, um, and you know I always kind of check in with game day most Saturday mornings to see what's going on. But um, as a Gopher fan, it was it was just it was incredible to watch the energy that was there, um, having it be a rivalry rivalry week. So we had obviously our game, but several other big games going on, um, upset viewership, and I mean it gave us just a tremendous platform for recruiting for energy. I thought the feature piece that they did on PJ and the whole uh, culture he's built here was a uh, it was basically a commercial for the Gophers, so that was just super cool. Obviously, uh, you know it's it's a great day to have ESPN. It's it's something that we've talked about for a number of years. I love the row the boat, the actual boat that they had on the set in the snow, and what a great backdrop to uh, to the to the overall game that was going to be that afternoon. Um, we talked about it on last week's show. Lee Corso um, went ahead and picked the Gophers, as did all of the pickers, including guest picker Eric Decker. Unfortunately, they all picked wrong. <laughs> that was probably that was probably the death knell right there when everyone picked the Minnesota team to win. Uh, you probably know the way that that's going to go. Yeah, hashtag Minnesota sports right there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So um, I thought. Yeah, I just take what you said. Though I, th- I actually thought with the snow and the crappy weather we had, just made that whole that whole set was just a cool thing. They kept talking, coming back, and it was raining, and then it was snowing, and then it was just cold and windy. It was it was just a super cool environment, and uh, you know the folks out there were on the boat on the lawn it was it was a pretty cool thing to see. One of the things that I always you know, it obviously makes the game day environment are the signs. Um, my personal favorite was the uh, was the sign that said Wisconsin air smells like dairy air. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> so great. Which I for those was of you, uh, it, it was it was brilliant. And and for those of you who may not, um, you know, pick up on the pun there, uh, dairy air, D A R Y. Excuse me, D A I R Y. Jeez, long week, Jeff. Um, A I R <laughs> um, on the side. So it might have taken, you know, probably took the folks from Wisconsin a minute or two uh, to figure out what that meant. But it was uh, it was pretty hilarious. Um, my kid's personal favorite was uh, the sign that said the uh, Badgers eat yellow snow. <laughs> Um, that, that was a big hit here with, with, uh, my, my little kids for sure. Um, I also thought the, uh, Noah built the arc, but PJ wrote it was a pretty, pretty, uh, 
creative clever. sign. Very clever. Yep, very clever. My favorite one, though, easily, and this is something I've had to fall back on this week. Um, this sign has as many national championships as Wisconsin. Uh, that was that was definitely my favorite of the week for sure. Absolutely. Well, it doesn't look like there will be a national championship for the Gophers this year, but uh, but things are headed in the right direction, and and I think we can all feel pretty pretty pleased with uh, with a ten and two record. If you asked us back in August, uh, you know, Gophers are going to go ten and two, and we'll probably play in a New Year's Day bowl game. We would have been thrilled, ecstatic, over the moon. Um, but I think the game left a little bit of a sour taste uh, taste in our mouth. And, and uh, you know, Badgers win at 38-17. It was a 10-7 game at halftime. Uh, a number of things that, that you felt could have gone the Gophers' way and it could have been a much different game. But really, you know, let's talk about how the game got off to such a great start. The environment... Gophers stop the Badgers, and then Bateman goes uh, goes off for a 51-yard touchdown pass to, on the second play of the Gophers' offensive series to to put us up 7-0, and you, you just felt like it had a feel of that Penn State game all over again. Yeah, it started about as perfect as you could have asked for. Um, you, you stuff them on defense. You look like you're, you're, you're containing Taylor. Um, Wisconsin didn't seem real you know, excited to try anything new or – um, or anything real inventive, which obviously changed in the second half. And then we come out and, and we score right away. The place is rocking. Um, it, it, man, it felt, like, it felt like this is – you could not have had a better start. Um, unfortunately, we know a thing or two around here in Minnesota about good starts and then uh, being let down, which is what happened. But, yeah, the, the start was, I think, as good as you could ask for. We've got a take here from, uh, from Todd. Um, we're going to roll it right now. A few, few disappointing aspects of the game, I thought uh... – I, I definitely thought PJ was out coached today. I think he's a great college coach, and and I don't have anything really bad to say about him. But I thought today that he might have come out in the second half and run some screens and done some different things to a uh, few wrinkles, you know, to to get things on the gopher side a, a little bit. Um, the play action pass wasn't working. They weren't biting on our run game at all. So not really sure why the play action pass would have worked, but um All right. So of course Todd takes a look at uh, at the things that didn't uh, didn't work well and and you know I I saw some things on on Twitter. I saw one post that I thought was was absolutely wrong that that said that uh, PJ Fleck was outclassed in this game and and I think that that was a, a absolute mistake by anyone's part to 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 think that. Um but outcoached uh, certainly is a possibility. Wisconsin used a lot of creativity. Um, you know, fourth and three, they run a reverse. Um, you know, they, they, they just seem to, to use Taylor more as a setup uh, for their plays and, uh, and end up throwing the ball all over the field on the Gophers. Yeah, I don't think there's any question they got out coached in the second half. Um, it, it, <laughs> well, I think what hurt the most for me is watching the way Wisconsin did it in the second half. Um, we didn't get beat by Taylor. He ended up having a good game, you know, in terms of touchdowns and stuff. But, you know, he wasn't the, the one that beat us. Like you mentioned, they kind of used him almost as a decoy. Um, our defense, I think, got overcommitted to him. Wisconsin recognized that and adjusted. Um, what hurt the most was just we got beat by Wisconsin's passing game. Like, are you kidding me? That was just – you want to talk about a kick in the gut, um, getting getting beat by Wisconsin's passing game and their creativity on offense was not something that any of us saw coming, I don't think. No, that's for sure. Although, you know, Jonathan Taylor catches that touchdown pass uh, right before halftime, uh, beat Carter Coughlin on the uh, on the edge and backs into the end zone for a touchdown to put him up 10 to 7. And that, that you know, there's, there's probably several points in the game that you might say, this was a turning point. This was a turning point. I know there's been a lot of debate um, on social media this week about the, uh, the, the, the punt on fourth and two uh, and, and whether or not the Gophers should have gone for it. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I mean, I, I think that that series was a turning point in the game for the Gophers. And what I mean is, is you know, we'd, we'd gone down and scored a touchdown. We stopped him on defense. We got the ball back. We were moving once again. And, uh, and on first and 10, we picked up eight yards. We have second and two and were unable to make two yards on second down or third down on runs up the middle, which forces you into a fourth and two decision. And, and you, can, you can argue whether or not it was the right play to, to punt. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we put them down at the six-yard line. You, you would say that's probably a smart play when, when, when you're playing in the wind and cold and rain and snow. But not getting points in that series when you have second and two at the 35-yard line, to me, probably was a turning point. 
yeah, it was rough, and it felt like we never really recovered from that. Um, but I think the punt was – I have no problem with the punt in that situation. Um, we thought we had two chances at it, and we couldn't get a yard, you know. And our defense appeared to be playing great at that point. Um, and weather sucked and field position seemed like it was going to be a big deal. So, yeah, the punt doesn't bother me, but I think you're right. I think from that from that series on, there wasn't a whole lot for us to celebrate, you know. Um, for me, I think the – Obviously, the third quarter was just a, a disaster um, all the way around, and and that uh, you know that when we had that that third and fourth down shot at the end zone, when we could have made that game twenty four seventeen, and um, you know I definitely think that there was you could argue there was holding on Johnson on that third down, but when that happened, we didn't score. They get the ball, go down and score right away, and it's thirty one ten. I mean that's when the game was over for me. So that was a pretty a pretty huge turning point too. But I think I think momentum wise, you're absolutely right. That series ha- having to punt there. Um, even though I think it was the right call, definitely kind of just killed any hopes that we were going to be, you know, blazing here through the first half. Yeah, I think strategically, uh, a lot of people would look at that and say, you know, that's the right call. Um, you know, I, I've had several people say that, you know, that that was playing safe, playing cautious, uh, not playing to win. You know, Wisconsin had themselves a, a similar situation, a fourth and three uh, inside our 40-yard line, and they go for it. Um, you know, fake the run to Taylor up the middle, reverse to to the to the flanker yeah. who goes for the first down. Um, Wisconsin seemed to be playing with a little bit more of a, uh, you know, we've got nothing to lose attitude. And uh, and the Gophers at times did feel like they're playing a little bit more cautious, like we want to make sure that we don't make a mistake that uh, uh, that would hurt us more greatly. A couple of runs on, uh, on third and long, um, you know, could have you questioning whether, whether that was the right uh, right call or not. One in particular, uh, they, got, they got the field goal out of it, but one in particular where we, we take a timeout. Then we come out of the timeout with a with a you know a run, uh, probably an RPO, but we come out with a run and uh, and only gain a yard, and then go ahead and kick the field goal. And honestly, watching at that time, I figured we took timeout. We're figuring out what our next two plays are going to be. Figuring we're going to go for it on fourth down as well. You might run on third, try and get four or five yards, and 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 set up a shorter fourth down play. Uh, but then to go ahead and kick the field goal was was something that 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 I was kind of questioning. Yeah, it didn't make a lot of sense. I think to go back to the, the point that, that Todd made in that first uh, take that we dropped in was um, we just got out coached on, on many levels. And I'm, I'm a, like everyone else in Minnesota, pretty, you know, very happy with PJ overall, but that was a learning experience for him too. And I just, I think a lot of those decisions got, got questionable as the game wore on. I think the word execution um, comes to mind when you talk about how the players actually execute the plays on the field and and uh, you can have a great plan um, it all comes down to to the execution and and I think that that at times you realize that when you're playing against a Wisconsin when you're playing against a Penn State when you're facing off against an Iowa these are also really really good teams and there's a smaller room for error um, you know they're they're good players just like you're good players yeah there's no question and and I think the for me, the the it looked like Wisconsin had been there before, and I hate to admit that, and I I think sometimes that stuff gets overstated. Um, but in that game, from top to bottom, coaches, players, everything, it just you could tell that they they were a little better at adjusting. They've been in big moments, and I do think you're right. I think they they were playing with less to lose. They didn't really have much to lose if you're Wisconsin here. You know, the Gophers had everything to lose. This is a big season. Expectations kind of came out of nowhere. Um, Wisconsin, I, I feel like just approach the game differently and it really showed as it wore on before we leave uh, our, our talk about the gopher wisconsin game um you know a couple real quick things uh, obviously it ends the gophers regular season at 10 and 2 13 seniors played their final game uh in the maroon and gold uh at tcf bank stadium and and to see where they were four years ago to see all the changes that have taken place uh you, you can feel pretty proud for those 13 seniors that they get to leave feeling like they they did in fact turn this program around and and uh you know although we're not going to indy we are a co-champion of the big 10 west uh that's uh that's an incredible move forward and uh we will be playing in a uh in a a big bowl game come you know the uh the first of the year we can talk a little bit about that um you know what's next where the where the gophers might head we want to talk a little bit about your takes on the uh, the gophers mvp uh but first we've got a uh uh, a final take from Steve in Madison uh, yeah. following up this game. Here's the thing, guys. I'm not calling a gloat. That just doesn't seem right to me. 
I mean, after all, at the end of the day, the only thing that really matters is whoever comes out of that game beats Ohio State. So I'm not calling a gloat. I mean, if I were, I could talk about how our junior quarterback had the best game of his career or how Jonathan Taylor was running all over the place and basically only took a break from running touchdowns to catch one. But I'm not going to do that. I don't want to gloat. I mean, gloating could be fun. I mean, I I could talk about how, you know, after a one-year hiatus, order was restored to the Big Ten West, and obviously the Gophers aren't quite ready to hang with the big boys of the band Big Ten. But uh, again, I'm not doing that. I don't want to gloat. Uh, so I guess I'll just uh, uh, end by saying, come jump on the bandwagon. We got to go beat those Buckeyes. Man, it's really cold out here in Madison. I should probably uh, should probably start a fire or something. If only I had an axe that I could find to uh, chop up some of this wood. Do you get? Oh no, that's right. You guys don't have any axes in Minnesota anymore. All right, so I think it's important that people recognize that we uh, we have integrity on the show. You know, we had uh, some good back and forth last week with Steve. We predicted the Gophers would win, um, and you know, we, we've we've got to man up and 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 let someone uh, you know express their happiness, I guess, Jeff, over uh, <laughs> over their team's win. But uh, he's such a wise ass, and that uh, and and that really sucks to <laughs> to listen to. Uh, after the expectations we had going into the game. However, I will say this. Part of the reason I think that we needed to play this is when we come back and take the axe back next year, I'm going to leave something even more condescending than that crap we just listened to. Right. I think we we'll just plan on burning down Camp Randall next year when we when we leave so you can stay nice and warm for a few months. Yeah, I agree, and I think we could probably find some folks to help us with that. Okay, so enough about the Gophers-Wisconsin game. Let's uh, talk a little bit about what's next. Um so obviously a 10-2 and two season gets you a, a pretty decent bowl game. It's not going to be the Rose Bowl, which I think we were all hoping for. It's not going to be one of the uh, one of the playoff games. Um, but it does look like right now we could, we could be facing off against a, a pretty top-notch foe for the bowl game. Uh, most of the prognosticators have the Gophers in one of two bowl games, uh, the Outback Bowl in Tampa. Uh, or the Citrus Bowl uh, in Orlando are the are the two you know, warm state uh, bowl games for for the team to head to. Um, it certainly looks like the Outback Bowl probably is the is the favorite just because the Gophers went to the Citrus Bowl a few years ago and they they like to keep it mixed up. Um, the three teams that seem to be in the mix uh, of everyone's projections: number one, Alabama, Tennessee, and Auburn. Um, so three. Three pretty top-notch uh, football programs that uh, that if you said you know again back at the beginning of the year the Gophers are going to face Alabama in the bowl game, I either we'd have thought what the hell happened to Bama, <laughs> <laughs> or you'd say it's a, a heck of a year for the Gophers, and I think that it's it, it's probably fair to say a little bit of the both, right? Heck of a year for the Gophers, and obviously Alabama has stumbled a little bit. Little bit. Although I will say, of those three teams, Jeff, can I request Tennessee? Um, <laughs> you can I would put uh, in your submission for it. <laughs> I would uh, go Vols. I think we. Uh, <laughs> I like our. Uh, I like our shot against Rocky Top there. Um, but it would, yeah, it'd be for the Gopher program. I mean, we talked about game day already. Just the exposure that that gives you from a recruiting standpoint is pretty cool, um, and I think just just huge for the program. And if you go take on, um, especially Alabama or Auburn in a bowl game, it's going to be you know, high viewership, um, you, you know, you're on a level with, with two pretty elite programs. That'd be pretty cool. But again, I would not mind if we ended up with Tennessee, cause I feel like that's a game we can absolutely win. Yeah. There's, there's an element to, um, in the bowl games, you know, only one of the two teams that play can, can leave that game a winner and can spend the, the their entire now off that, season. That's, that is an insightful take uh, right there, Jeff. The, you the, are correct. It's the type of insight we like to provide <laughs> on this program. <laughs> Breaking news there. Only we'll one, only one, only one winner. Like a- <laughs> Unlike the participation medals from, from other sports, only one winner in bowl games when you get to the college level. Which I do think is an important element of the game. It is. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. So I guess the, the point being in all of this is that no matter who the Gophers face, be great to see them put together a game plan, get the W in the bowl game so that you have the entire offseason to build on that momentum, that you don't leave the bad taste of losing to Wisconsin at home in the big-time environment um, is what you take with you into the offseason. 
Yeah, absolutely agree. Any win against an SEC team would be great. And if somehow you go in, you can beat uh, Bama or Auburn, that would be just huge. And the last time the Gophers faced Alabama was in a bowl game, and they beat them. So there's uh, Well, there there's you that. go. Yeah, then we're good. We're good then. So, you know, obviously this week a lot of the Big Ten awards have come out. Uh, Fleck named Coach of the Year. Uh, Bateman gets uh, Wide Receiver of the Year. Um, Winfield selected as Defensive Back of the Year. A number of others making both the first and second team uh, all Big Ten. Tanner Morgan, Rodney Smith, um, you know, get second team all Big Ten. Blaze Andres third. And then all four of the other offensive linemen got honorable mentions. So a lot of real positives to, to, to build on, um, you know, for individual awards. Uh, it's not bad. Not it's bad not at bad. all. So we wanted to know who is your MVP, um, and we've got uh, we've got a take here from uh, from Pete uh, as well as one from Weston. We'll just take a listen to those. Um, as far as the MVP debate, I mean, obviously you could go with um, the best player athlete on the team. Bateman would be a great choice for MVP. Winfield Jr. had seven interceptions this year; would be a great choice. Um, the most consistent player I think all year was Tyler Johnson, who had 1,100 yards, always came up with a big catch or a big conversion. But I don't think uh, there is much debate on this either. It's got to be Tanner Morgan. Um, you know, he had the best individual season for a go- for quarterback ever. Uh, he, you know, he's he's the straw that stirs the drink. You know, he's the best decision maker that I've seen at the quarterback position in my lifetime as a Gopher fan. And, you know, he facilitates the um, the RPO and makes really great decisions, um, both in the run and the pass. I just don't think you can say that the season would be the same if it wasn't for Tanner Morgan. Hey guys, it's Weston in Badness Heights. Long time, first time. Uh, I had a few thoughts as I continue to process through the stages of grief after Saturday's Gopher game. Uh, first of all, I understand you guys are going to be discussing who the Gophers MVP was this season. Well, after Saturday, I think it's pretty clear. It turns out it was Daniel Fa'alele all along. Uh, sure looked like a different offense after he went down. Uh, that might have had something to do with Wisconsin's defense, but still. All right, so uh, both you know great takes. Uh, you know, I think that uh, that Pete's take, uh, you know, nailing it down on Tanner Morgan is probably the more conventional uh, take, and and uh, and probably where a lot of people's heads go as far as MVP. Weston with the uh, with the Daniel Fa'alele um, MVP, and and honestly, you know, when you talk about when that offensive line was successful and moving, um, you know, Daniel was a big part of that, and and of course uh, when he left the game. Um, you know, midway through, I think the first quarter when he left the game, absolutely changed the way the team played. Yeah, that was a great take. Um, not not one that I would have thought of, but you really now how much of that is is just him versus game plan and all that stuff? I don't know, but there's no question that the offense looked different after he came out of there. Um, and earlier when Todd mentioned just you know Wisconsin not really buying our run game, um, that was probably a big part of it, right? You you lose that dude, that's a lot of mass and a lot of power um, to lose off your line. So that's a uh, he he may have the uh, you know the the insightful uh, MVP right here that none of us would have thought of a week ago. Gophers uh, th- in, in these last three or four games have used a lot more of six offensive linemen in in their sets, um, you know, and 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 really designed to to help add extra protection um, for Tanner Morgan in the passing game, but also to get you know another big body six five you know three fifty on the line. To move the defense and, and create holes for the running backs, and you saw the difference when when they went from the sixth offensive lineman to uh, to tight ends, a lot more difficulty, and and that's when uh, when Wisconsin was able to get a lot more pressure on on, on Tanner and disrupt his uh, his ability to to control the game and and, and make passings and and, uh, and plays, and he actually took five sacks in the game, which um, you know is 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 really the rub for um, you know the difference in in the outcome. Yeah, it was pretty brutal up front. So, what's your take, Luke? Well, Jeff, this may change in the next two minutes because I've debated this uh, with myself for uh, several weeks. Dear God, you're um, going to talk for two minutes before we find out who your MVP is? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying I might talk myself into three or four different MVPs Fair in enough. two minutes. So uh, originally, I tend to default to quarterbacks, even though I try not to. Um, and I thought, is I mean, Morgan, at one point, Morgan was like second behind uh, Joe Burrow from LSU as like the most efficient quarterback in college football this year, which is insane. So I would have said Morgan. Um, Falele Weston really got me all screwed up when I heard that because that was a really good take. Um, 
I've kind of felt like the two guys who stood out to me the most when I really step back and think about kind of big plays in the Gopher season have been Bateman and Winfield. Um, Bateman felt like the guy who, even though I think going into the year, most people would say Tyler Johnson was probably your most talented kind of NFL caliber type guy. Um, Bateman seemed to always be the spark guy. He seemed to make the big plays, um, Penn state against Wisconsin, that first play that we scored on. Um, he seemed to be that guy who had just that kind of extra juice, I guess. So he's stuck out to me. Um, Winfield has obviously just been great all year. Um, you know, you already mentioned the awards stuff that he's gotten the big play against Fresno state, all that. Um, if I have to pick right now, I, I probably say Winfield. Um, and, and only because I think there's enough weapons on that goal for offense, that they maybe kind of, you know, eat each other up in terms of votes for MVP. And Winfield's kind of the guy who really stands out, obviously, on the other side of the ball. Um, now, given how crappy we were against Wisconsin's passing attack, which I, I can't believe I can even call Wisconsin's passing game an attack of any kind, <laughs> um, I may, I may, you know, that, that I guess, maybe makes me question Winfield a little bit. But I still think he's probably the most important guy on the team as far as individual position and the impact he had in that one area of the game. I think the fact that, that at the beginning of the year, our concern was defense. Uh, I think we all felt the offense was, was returning a number of starters and they'd figure out a way to both run and, and be able to pass, um, score some points. Defense was the big question mark, and and Winfield certainly was an anchor of that, uh, that, that defense and seven interceptions uh, over the course of the year. You don't realize how important changing field and, and, and turning over the other team can be. And, and, and those, were, those were huge. Not just the, the, not only the interception uh, against Fresno State that sealed the victory, um, but, uh, but the other interceptions as well throughout the year that, that, uh, that put the Gophers in position. Um, my take probably comes back a little bit more to uh, to the offensive side of the ball, and and you know, uh, you, you talked about uh, about Winfield kind of being the juice. Um, you know, I think that uh, that Tanner Morgan uh, and kind of what Pete said is, is you know the the straw that stirs the drink. Um, without question, Tanner gets the nod. I thought he played great at the end of last year, but he gets the nod at the beginning of the year, um, and all he does is go out and find ways to to, to win and and. Uh, and I thought that he was the most most productive offensively, um, you know, best quarterback we've had in in years. But really, just the the, the way he approached things, um, you know, he real humble, real low key, um, you know, uh, you know, strong, you know, faith and and uh, and you could just tell that that the team rallied around him, and uh, and it never seemed like he was panicking. And uh, and in a you know season where where we had to come back several times uh, late in games to win. Um, make some big plays. Uh, it always seemed like he was able to deliver, and I think that's probably what what was most disappointing in the Iowa and the Wisconsin game is that uh, you know you just felt like give Tanner one more shot and he's gonna he's gonna lead us to victory. And uh, and of course, unfortunately, in the in the Iowa game, he got knocked out at the end, and and in the Wisconsin game, it just was too great a, a deficit <laughs> yeah. to overcome, unfortunately. But but. To have that feeling that hey, just get the ball back for Tanner, and we're going to figure out a way to win this, um, you know, really is uh, is a is a great feeling. And what's even better is knowing he's just a true sophomore or redshirt sophomore, and we've got him for two more years. Yeah, that's I mean that that's the best thing. And you mentioned earlier the thirteen Gopher seniors playing their final game. I mean, where we're at with this team, only thirteen guys graduating, um, and your quarterback coming back for two more years, most likely. That I mean, that's 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 where we hang our our hope, I guess, after a disappointing weekend. But yeah, I think, I think Tanner being put into that role, um, you know, a little unexpectedly with the way things shook out at the start of the year. It's hard to argue with that. Um, but yeah, he just, I mean, he was so beat up in that Wisconsin game, um, that he, he would have needed more than one more shot. That's for sure. That's for <laughs> to sure. Get back in that game. Absolutely. Let's, let's, uh, let's tie a bow on, uh, on the gopher talk for this week. Um, we'll have a, you know, a few weeks in the off season where we can, uh, we can talk about a few more topics, uh, related to the gophers. Um, time to, to shift a little bit to the, to the Minnesota Vikings, the pro team, uh, here in Minnesota. And, uh, <laughs> but I think we also wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, about hashtag Minnesota sports and, and, uh, and just, uh, it was truly another weekend of, of that for us. It, it was a the ultimate Minnesota sports weekend, um, and, and that's it's a nice segue between the two games. So, um, Minnesota sports, Jeff. If, if we're, uh, I think most people who are from Minnesota know what it means, but just real quick to give a definition. So, what what would we call kind of hashtag Minnesota sports on our show? It's 
a team getting your hopes up as a fan as high as possible before ultimately crashing, burning in the biggest moment and just kicking you in the, we'll say in the gut to try and keep this a little more uh, family friendly today. Um, but this weekend was that, right? Like the, it, this wasn't the Gophers just coming in and getting beat by Wisconsin. This was coming out, shutting down the Wisconsin offense, scoring right away, getting everyone's hopes up as high as possible, feeling like we're going to do this, and then falling apart in the second half. For the Vikings, it was getting a lead in Seattle. It was looking really strong, looking like we're going to go in there and win in probably the toughest place to play in the NFL outside of maybe Foxborough. Um, and then giving it away in the third quarter, coming almost all the way back and then managing to screw it up at the end of the game. That's Minnesota sports, right? It's getting your hopes up, teams that are good, but just never quite good enough in the big moment. Um, for me, I, I feel like the Vikings game was exactly what I would, would have expected out of a Vikings game. The Gophers are they've always been disappointing over the in recent history. Anyway, I think one thing that's interesting about the Gophers and that gives me a little bit of hope is I'm not sure that that's going to always be the case. Um, and we've got a good, a good take from Fleck that we, that we're going to run here in a minute. Um, where the nice thing about Fleck is that the guy is, is pretty forthright in what he says. And he comes out and addresses this whole Minnesota sports expectation head on. So I'd, I'd say, let's play that quick and we can talk about it. Sounds good. Here we go. Yeah. It means the world. I mean, this is what we can do. You know, and, and that's what I want people to understand is we can. I know we didn't tonight, but that doesn't mean we won't forever. We just accomplished nevers, firsts, restorations. We got people, especially the older generation, we got the older generation people thinking we got a chance to go back to the Rose Bowl. Legitimately. Not if like 15 teams lose and this happens and we put our right foot on green and left foot on orange, right? It was head-to-head, and we didn't get it done. But the amount of people that have reached out to me and the support that we have had, we have the best fans in the world, the best fans in the country. Uh, And I I appreciate and I felt that, and I know our, our players felt that. That doesn't mean just because you have that you will play perfect. You are going to fail. You are going to have successes. But I think it showed the power of our state, our power of our fans, of what we can be and what we will be into the future. This isn't like we hope to be. We are going to be that. And I said that when I got here. We, will, we, we were going to have a game like tonight. And everybody said two, year, two and a half years ago, no way. Well, we did. Right? People picked us sixth in the West, don't forget. Sixth. That's 12 out of 14. We finished second, tied for first in the West. We don't get to go to the Rose Bowl, maybe. We don't get to go to, you know, uh, the national championship. We, some, but we get to do a lot of other things. So we've had first. We've had nevers. We've restored people's beliefs of what we can do. Let's not go back. Let, let's not start thinking, well, that's, that's typical. That, that, that has to be out of our system. And there's going to be cynics. There's going to be doubters. There's going to be critics. But the true fans, we, what we want them to do is get that completely out of their mind because we are not going back to that. You don't have to worry about that with me, our staff, our recruiting, our culture, our support, our administration, our president, Mark Coyle. You don't have to worry about that anymore. So let it go. Frozen 2 came out. I don't know what the new words are, the new songs, but let it go has got to be in there somehow. Let it go. All right, so the the naysayers among us, Jeff, I think would say, well, PJ is kind of new around here. <laughs> if he thinks that this is going to change, he does not know Minnesota sports very well. Um, those among us who are optimists would say, hey, this might be a guy because his belief is so strong that maybe he can change it from a gopher's perspective. I'm certainly hopeful that it, that the latter is the case. With the Vikings, man, I just I don't I don't know. Are the Vikings ever going to change? I mean, really, the Gophers have some national championships way back in the day, but they still have some more than Wisconsin, by the way. Um, but the Vikings, I don't know. Are they ever going to change, man? What do you think? Uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to think that they uh, that they have a chance. That you know, obviously, we've seen them put some pretty good teams on the field uh, and and then stumble when uh, when you know when we needed them most in the playoffs in the championship game missed field goals, uh, you name it. And, and uh, you know, obviously I, I think Zimmer has done a great job putting a, a team together that can compete, but we're just not there. And, and uh, you know, I think that, that there's a lot of talk about about Kirk Cousins um, not being able to win the big game, uh, not being able to, uh, to you know, he's yet to win a Monday night football game. That's that's big time, prime time uh, football. And, and, uh, uh, and usually you, you expect uh, – 
you expect your quarterback that you're paying a lot of money to um, to be the playmaker in those big games. And and uh, and we've got a take here from uh, from from Pete, which we're going to play right now because because uh, Pete is uh, is the contrarian to uh, to this cousin talk. I don't know about you, Jeff, but I am growing a little weary of the of the conversation, the debate around not just Kirk Cousins but other NFL quarterbacks and their uh, record against winning teams or record on Monday Night Football or fourth quarter comebacks. Um, you know, it seems like we try to oversimplify something that is incredibly complex in the course of a game where 100 to 120 plays um, may be run by both teams. I read uh, a recent article about current quarterbacks with um, better than uh, 500 records against winning teams, and it's a pretty short list, including Brady, Prescott, Wilson, Goff, Garoppolo, Big Ben, and that's it. Um, There's a lot of great quarterbacks, Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford, Phil Rivers, who um, and Kirk Cousins, for that matter, um, who are 300 and below when it comes against uh, playing other teams. And I just think there's a lot in a game that a quarterback can't control. They can't always control play calling or protection or defense or injuries, drop balls, um, bad routes that get run. But they do take the singular blame when it comes to not making a comeback in the fourth quarter or winning in primetime. And I just think that's such an obtuse uh, statement in a in a game that's so complex. Um in a sport that's so complex. So um, I'm bored with the Kirk Cousins conversation, and I hope, uh, I hope you know, that doesn't overshadow what a really great season that he has had and, and I think uh, a Vikings team that's going to be a force in the playoffs. Okay, so uh, interesting take there from 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 Pete. Obviously, in in many ways, saying, "Hey, let's be done with this uh, with this storyline on on Kirk Cousins and his inability." That it's not just the quarterback's fault. There's a lot of people to uh, to to point fingers at, and and uh, you know, the quarterback obviously is the is the featured player of the offense and the and the one who gets the glory when uh, when the team wins. Um, you know, so obviously, I think they they also have to to step up when the team loses. Yeah, I mean, it's, we mentioned this a little bit when we were talking go for MVP with quarterback kind of always being the default right for good or bad. But um, I actually I think Pete makes a really good point here. I think, I, dude, I mean, I have plenty of people, <laughs> people within my family and my friend circle who just hammer Cousins nonstop no matter what he does. Um, I'm less of an anti-Cousins guy than most people. I mean, his record does kind of speak for itself, but Pete makes a good point. There's so much more that goes into it. And Kirk Cousins is certainly not why we lost in Seattle. Now, you could argue that that last drive, um, he misses I don't know, what, what happened on the third down play where he threw it to nobody. And that fourth down play, I just think it was a stupid play call. Why, why we're throwing it to like our fourth best receiver on fourth down on a quick out with tight coverage. I just I don't understand what, what we were doing there. Um, but we didn't lose the game on, on Monday because of Kirk Cousins. We lost because we're the Vikings. And this is Minnesota <laughs> sports and this is what we do. So, you know, that's my take on, <laughs> on the Cousins thing. And in fairness, Seattle is a pretty good club, so it's not like it was a, a foregone conclusion that we would go out and win uh, in Seattle. But nonetheless, um, it was a game that that you put yourself in a position to to win down the stretch, and you know we miss an extra point that took the you know any any hope of getting a field goal you know down the the, the stretch um, you know took that off the boards. Yeah, it's and that's such a Minnesota sports thing. Again, like we we get throttled in the third quarter. Both the Vikings and the Gophers were terrible in the third quarter, um, and, and the, so the Vikings just it looks like it's over, right? And then all of a sudden we strike back really quick in the fourth quarter. We get it back to where it should be a three point game, and we miss an extra point. I swear we're the only team in the NFL that can do this consistently. <laughs> that can find new ways to lose every single week in a big game that they have a big game. It's it's remarkable, but. It's it's just one of those things where it, it changes the dynamic of the game. It just it totally changes the dynamic of the game. Your, your three points versus four is huge in that situation because it affects what Seattle does on their drive. Their field goal now puts them to seven versus six. It changes things they do. It just it, it's one tiny little stupid thing that only happens to the Vikings. I swear, and it drives me freaking nuts. So the, uh, the the purple and uh, and gold have a uh, uh, I guess four games left on the uh, on the slate. Um, 
you know, they finish up with the Packers and the Bears, two really big conference games to, to, to finish up. Can they get to the playoffs? Where are they now? And, uh, and you know, obviously in sync with, uh, with the Packers, you know, can they make a, a wild card run? Do they win the NFC North? I think they make the playoffs for sure. I mean, we we should not lose to the Lions. They don't have Matt Stafford anymore. Um, so I think we beat the Lions. We should beat the Chargers. Um, Packers Bears are toss ups. Obviously, the Packers game. It's at home. That helps us a lot. I this may just be my anti Wisconsin feelings coming through, but I don't think the Packers are as good as their record. I know that sounds kind of stupid after this many games, but I I just don't think they're that good. Um, if you look at their offensive defensive rankings, all that stuff, they're not as good as their record. I don't think. Um, so I think we have a real shot there. The Bears are actually playing really well, um, but we also get them at home. So I think the Vikings definitely make the playoffs. I don't know. They're the Vikings, so they probably find a way to not win the North. Um, but, yeah, I think they're in. And and I think we didn't – okay, if you want to take the positive route, we didn't have Thielen against Seattle, okay, and we still scored in the 30s against a really good team in a tough environment on the road. Um, no Thielen. We lost Cook partway through the game. We had a couple linemen injured. Um, and we're still right there against one of the best teams in the NFC. So I think the Vikings have the potential to make noise in the playoffs. But again, going back to the theme of this show, this is a Vikings team. It's Minnesota sports, so I don't expect them to do anything significant once they get in there. Get there. We're going to shift gears. It's now time for our mocks of the week. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio or something? Radio? <laughs> Who needs the radio? Ready, Harry? <laughs> Mock! Yeah! Ing! Yeah! Bird! Yeah! 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 Mockingbird! Don't everybody have Okay, we start uh, we start this week with uh, none other than uh, than Jason in the two one eight, uh, our most frequent caller, our most frequent contributor, and I think we're gonna have to start paying him. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably also our most uh, uh, passionate contributor. Yes, well, take a listen <laughs> to what he's got for us this week. Uh, Monday Night Football: Minnesota Vikings versus the Seattle Seahawks, or possibly it was just versus Russell Wilson. I'm not sure, based off the TV coverage. Uh, speaking of which, ESPN's uh, game callers, Booger, man, he was a pretty decent player, but he is absolutely crap at calling a game. Not only that, I don't, I don't get this love affair with whatever team is playing against the Vikings on a national stage, and and maybe it's turned up to eleven when it's. People like Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers or whatever the you know love child of the day is for the NFL, but my God, they should be embarrassed by that. A nationally televised game and it was called like a homer, a homer game, and it's not a good look. And I I know I'm not the only one that noticed that. <laughs> All right, so I love Jason's takes because they are just right to the point, man. Um, like I said last week when he was uh, gloating over the uh, Packers' embarrassing loss to the 49ers, I would say amen to this one, too, because I could not stand listening to that game on Monday night. Now, it does feel, and we're probably homing this a little bit, right, but it does feel like whoever the Vikings play, like you hear about the other team the entire broadcast. Um, and the Russell Wilson love was just, uh, it was so over the top. that I just I couldn't stand it. I was getting texts from like 10 different people. Um, being like, what is with this crap? You, you would think ESPN taking the Monday Night Football contract, however many years ago they did that, would have some like high quality, top notch, best of the best sports announcers. That was absolute garbage on Monday. So could not agree with them more. And while we're mentioning Viking Seahawks, Jeff, I still hate Pete Carroll. I just want to put that out there for the <laughs> listeners. The way that dude runs around chopping his gum, I I'm not going to say I wish he would choke on it because that would be mean, but I kind of wish he would. So what's your mocks for the week this this, this week, Luke? Oh, <laughs> well, I'm going to be honest with you, Jeff. There were several nominees again this week. So let me run you through them right quick. Uh, first of all, we could go the college basketball route and just mock every team that's been number one in the country this year because as soon as <laughs> you like, become number one, you lose. <laughs> it's absolutely a death toll for you. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Duke, Kentucky, Michigan State, terrible losses already as number one teams. So I could go there, but I'm not going to go there. I could also go with the NBA referees this week who had a real banner week. Um, first of all, they didn't count this dunk. I don't know if you saw this. James Harden had this dunk the other night where the ball goes all the way through the net and kind of comes back out the other end of the net. They wave it off. 
they have replay and they still don't count it. Most ridiculous, <laughs> most ridiculous call I've seen in a while, and that's saying something. And then they had LeBron James take a little stroll with the basketball coming across half court the other day. Didn't call that either. Um, even LeBron called that one of the worst moments of his career, which, by the way, was kind of a ridiculous <laughs> quote. But I mean, seriously. Yeah, I think uh, I think NBA it's it's dribble optional. Yeah, that's very true. Um, so we could go that route. I'm not going to go that route, however. Um, if we're being fourth right here, Jeff, we could probably just go with the two of us um, for our predictions <laughs> on the Gopher score, which were nowhere in the neighborhood um, of what actually happened. Um, but I actually feel like despite those stellar nominees, my choice is pretty easy this week, and I'm going to go with Wisconsin Badgers linebacker Chris Orr. So this clown, after winning the axe last weekend, which they went and took it, man, all props to him, right? He dedicates his postgame commentary to whining about how the Gophers used the axe last year. Okay, He decided to get real philosophical on the deal, saying the Gophers, quote, disrespected the axe um, because they shared it with their fans around the state. That's disrespecting the axe, apparently. So I know I know that Scotty football kind of has this warped sense of importance, right, especially for a team that's got zero national titles, as we mentioned earlier. Um, but I, I can't really find one reason where – sharing this this awesome trophy with your fans and your state and your university is a bad thing like honestly i don't know how much more respectful you can get than that yeah. so for me for me chris or total clown looked like an idiot after winning the axe so i'm going with him now you know wisconsin like minnesota a uh, a state university with Correct. state funding state taxpayers contribute to the program you know there's nothing better than sharing with those people who are paying your scholarship, your tuition, and uh, and all the coaches' wages uh, with a little something that you earned on the football field. You would think, right? You would think, you would think. absolutely. You would think. Well, yeah. kudos to the Gophers for sharing it with their fans last year. And, yeah, correct. And, and we'll do it again next year. By God, we better get it back, so... Um, so, so mine is, is, uh, is going to take a, you know, stay in college football, um, you know, and... and I have no problem with the fact that the Gophers dropped in, in the rankings. Rightfully so. We yep. you know we, we didn't perform in the game. Uh, Wisconsin took the axe. They, they won it handedly. Um, but the college football playoff committee drops us to number 18. Again, I'm, I'm okay with that, right? You know, deservedly yep. so. Yep. You know, we're, we're still a top 20 program. What I have a problem with, though, is putting Iowa ahead of us. So Iowa's number 17 in the college football rankings. The Gophers 18. Four other teams, Michigan, Wisconsin, Penn State, um, Iowa, <laughs> and, and let's not forget Ohio State. Five other teams ahead of us. But Iowa? Iowa with three losses this year? Iowa, who, honestly, their best win on their entire schedule was their four-point victory over the Gophers. They didn't beat anybody. The Gophers were their best win. And three losses to Michigan, Ohio State, and to uh, and to Wisconsin. So don't get me wrong. I guess some, you know, some favorable losses there. But um, I guess I, I said Ohio State. I meant Penn State. So Penn State, Michigan, yeah. and 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 Wisconsin. But they barely get by Nebraska on a late field goal. They scratched out a victory over Illinois by nine. They beat Iowa State by one point early on in the season, and all of their other wins were. You know, wins that you would look and go, yeah, of course they should have won. No big games. So for them to choose a, a three-loss Iowa team over the Gophers, and and I uh, honestly, the only thing I can register is that they looked at head-to-head and said, well, Iowa beat Minnesota, therefore they have to be ahead of Minnesota in the rankings. Well, if you use that mentality, you know, the, yeah. the Gophers should be up there with Penn State, right? Yeah, that's what I don't get about the whole thing. Like, I can't, I can never figure out how they make these decisions. So Gophers dropping, I agree with you. Of course they were going to drop. Um, but, yeah, okay, so if I was ahead of us because they beat us, but we're behind Penn State, I, I, I don't get it. It, right. makes, I it think doesn't make any sense. It, it's, like, uh, it's like algebra, right? Carry the two, divide by three. <laughs> <laughs> Never could figure that out. Uh, no, but, it's it, – but, but tying into this, this rant a little bit is what the old gold network posted recently and uh, this week. And, and this is – I'm just going to read it real quickly. 2019 Minnesota is not the 2015 Iowa football team. There was some comparisons to the Iowa team that went 12 and 0. Mm-hmm. It is actually a slightly worse version of the 2019 Iowa football team. 
Minnesota has a win away from claiming the Big Ten West this season, despite the game not occurring at the end of the season. So was Iowa. So they go on to to, to lay out all the reasons that Iowa was in position to win the Big Ten West as well. Which, of course, you know the argument we were a touchdown away from beating Iowa. We could have beat Wisconsin. You know, same 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 rant. But this yeah. this is the this is the kicker for me. Uh, and they're talking about losing to Wisconsin by two points. While the failed two-point conversion in Madison may haunt Iowa football for a while, it still reflects a team that is much closer to being at the top of the division than one that just got pummeled at home, referencing the <laughs> Gophers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, that's a real insightful take right there. They, they, whatever. This Again, this is where my... my hope and optimism for the future is that we can go in and start beating these teams at all think they're way more upper echelon than they actually are. Absolutely. And, and you know, I think we've got the team, we've got the coach, we've got the recruiting uh, to, to make that happen. Um, what, uh, what we don't have is, uh, is a, a heck of a lot more time um, tonight. <laughs> True. But, <laughs> yeah. um, but Along, I think, we had a lot to talk about this week. But, but uh, I, I do think that uh, um, there was something that you wanted to cover on NASCAR, right? I do. Um, now, actually, b- before we get there, I know we're short on time, but th- I don't want to leave this out because I think it's important. We normally tape these podcasts a little earlier in the week, Jeff, um, <laughs> but we had a little bit of a uh, disabled list stint for one of the two co-hosts. I'm not mentioning names, but it wasn't me. Um, and so I think it's important to maybe just, you know, for transparency's sake, to let the viewers know on why we were a little late on the uh, reaction to the Gopher game in the podcast this week, if you, if you care to share. Well, uh, to be to be fair, I was uh, I was coaching my daughter in basketball on Monday night, demonstrating uh, for the team how to dive for a loose ball. You know, <laughs> Im- important. I mean, I want to demonstrate that 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 uh, that if the ball's no, on the floor, it's not. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, is it important to teach? players in basketball to dive on the floor for a ball yes it is jeff have you ever heard of youtube have you ever heard of game film um or maybe just verbal instruction could have been an option um you know i don't want to make any old guy jokes but diving on the floor repeatedly uh, at a certain age uh, may not be the most advisable physical activity i'm just saying well nonetheless i threw my back out and i've uh, i've been on oxycodone for a few days which would have made the sports <laughs> show a little bit more interesting i think <laughs> yeah, I think we probably made the right decision not to do that, um, but it, it definitely would have been different. Would have changed my take on the uh, on the Iowa team for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think we would have had to put a few more uh, bleeps into the show than, than we usually try to do. Uh, but anyway, you mentioned NASCAR, so I don't want to leave that out. You know, I was going to go into my own NASCAR rant, but oddly enough, uh, my lovely wife, who I think sent this totally just to make fun of us, um, sent in a little uh, audio clip, and I think she did it as a joke, but I'm going to put it on the air just to uh, flip the script, as they say. Um, to cover my fantasy NASCAR. So if you don't mind, Jeff, could you play the uh, quick fantasy NASCAR-related clip from my wife? Yeah, let's hear it right now. Here we go. So a quick side note for for all of you guys on my husband's fantasy NASCAR team, or if you're interested in joining his fantasy NASCAR team, I'm really hoping that someone else can win next year because I need that awful giant trophy out of our house. All right, so first of all, the trophy she talks about is like four feet tall. It's beautiful. It's gold. It's got an actual race car from an actual racetrack. Sounds um, lovely. It, yeah, it, exactly. It's something you want to keep in the house. But more importantly, on that note, I still don't have my money. Okay? <laughs> I got hey. several deadbeats I talked about last hey, week. Hey, Luke, I tell you what. There's, uh, there's a little thing called time, and uh, unfortunately, we're all out of it again this week. Yeah, well, I know how to find people. Once again, for Luke, I'm Jeff. You've been listening to Sports Locker.